Welcome back to It's Almost the Weekend. This is the number one podcast at the tippy top of your Spotify algorithm suggestion. <laughs> I'm just manifesting it, you know? Like, mm. there's no there's no uh, searching you have to do anymore for the pod. It's just mm. there. It just mm. shows up as soon as you open the app. Yeah. When, I mean, this, and this it's, is me. it's universal. It's universal. Yes. Like, when Nicki Minaj opens Spotify, we're right there. Yeah, we're right, right at the there. top. You know, th- have you ever heard of the comedian Theo Vaughn? Do you know Theo Vaughn? I don't, but that's an excellent name. He has a podcast called This Past Weekend with Theo Vaughn. <laughs> Is that so? We should <laughs> we should get together. Maybe. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Maybe as part of the EP100 art fiasco, we send a live email to Theo Vaughn. Yes. that I mean, he does do read a call. Hang on, my mic's peaking like crazy. Just give me one sec. It's it, it's an audio nightmare. I'm I'm really sorry for whatever you're gonna have to deal with at the start of this episode. <laughs> right. I think we're good. Um, yes, yes, we should contact the. Uh, he's only world famous. I I think he'll he'll come through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know. You never know. It's like when uh, the the little guy uh, reaches out to some big pop star on Twitter or Instagram and they reply, you know, everyone's, everyone's just a human being. Everyone's a little guy in their own way. You said that like two episodes ago, everyone's just a little guy or maybe last episode. even. (laughs) We're all little guys. (laughs) I'm about it. I'm about it. I think it's a good ethos. Yep. I agree with that. How are you doing? What's been going on? What have you been playing? Mm, I'm good. I have recently dived deep and rewatched the Lord of the Rings extended edition trilogy. Oh, I saw on Letterboxd that you reviewed The Return of the King, and I was like, this is bold. In the year 2024, (laughs) putting a review up for Return of the King on Letterboxd is bold. But I love it. I'm very here for it. Yeah, look, uh, they're all incredible movies. They're, oh, they're, they're so incredible. And every time I watch them, it doesn't lose any of its magic. It's it's miraculous that those movies are as good as they are. I, I'm Yeah, I'm just in awe that the cast they got, the performances they're getting out of the actors, the uh, epicness of everything, yeah. you know, like those battles like that that siege on helm's deep and and they do you know they've got the the cgi when they're showing like the full army in one shot but then they like they go right in close to the ranks and it's just it's just incredible like you know it's like they just sieged helm's deep and filmed it like it's it's marvelous it's marvelous to watch and uh, yeah, it was it was so nice. It's been about two years, I think, since I've watched the trilogy, and oh, it just it just feeds my soul. Yeah, my uh, shout out to my friend Jetto. They watch it every year. Um, oh, huge Lord of the Rings fan, head if you will, a real head <laughs> for Lord of the Rings. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a yearly thing for them. So oh, that's so good. Yeah, and I I do hold the contentious opinion of believing that all of the theatrical cuts are better than the extended cuts. Oh but, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, totally fair. But uh if you're if you're super familiar with, with the content, it's just really nice to, to spend a little bit more time with the characters and y- you know, they they leave some less important stuff out, like a lot of people getting stoned, you know, they, they cut out a lot of that, that Shia <laughs> Leaf smoke yeah, out sessions yeah, yeah. in the theatrical cuts. Yes. I will say, I think it's the second one has like heaps of really good content with, um, uh, what's the King's name who goes crazy and like eats the cherries, the tomatoes. Oh, Denethor, the steward. Denethor, yeah, and they do they do more with him, which I I think, and then they do more with um Sar- Sar- Saruman. Yeah, 
Sar- yeah. in in the two towers they definitely do more with with Saruman and then in Return yeah. of the King. I mean, Denethor has a, a really big role in the books and yeah. he's just an amazing character and I mean that actor that brings Denethor to life in Return of the King is just incredible. And yeah, it, yeah. it's nice to have a few more scenes with him and and just to like understand how badly he's managing his grief and that yeah. it's like warring with his ambition for the throne yeah, and he can never yeah, have yeah. the throne. Oh, it's so good. It's just, it's honestly one of the best stories ever. The way, yes. the way all the characters fuck up all the time and it's in their mistakes that the, the, like the true way to resolve the conflict is revealed and i just love that i love that it just you know there's so much unfairness in life and i think it just captures that but brings this kind of deep hope to it as well Mm. oh man i fucking love lord of the rings (laughs) yeah man you're making me want to rewatch it now as well um hell yeah i watched did i tell you i went to see godzilla minus one the other day Oh, how was that? I saw it in IMAX. It was amazing, actually. It was really good. Um, Holy shit. IMAX is... I haven't been to IMAX for a very long time. Is it still just like you can't keep the screen in your vision? Like you've got to move it around? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty big. It's like I would, I would categorize it as an, an, an enormous screen. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah, it's it was something. I, the The sound is also enormous. Like the audio mm. in that theater is is kind of bonkers. Like I, mm. I don't think I could go there once a week. You know, it's too much for the senses. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's more of like a twice a year kind of affair. If you're feeling ritzy, you go to go to IMAX and see the big boy movie. But yeah. yeah, like as an example, like the first time Godzilla showed up in the movie, which is pretty early on, and did a big scream. Mm. He gave me a headache. He just instantly gave me a headache <laughs> because of how loud it was and the, the pitch of the scream. I was like, ow, like this Holy hurts to watch shit. this. And I, I, I love that. I was like, Godzilla should give you a headache. When <laughs> yeah. I take yeah. psychic damage when Godzilla screams. <laughs> That's like those 3.5D cinemas, you know, where you like get... Yeah sprayed on when there's a water scene or whatever yeah so nasty have we talked about that and how i don't know what that water is but it never it feels like actual water it's kind of slimy we have yeah and uh it's it really pleases me that that's obviously like a core belief for you you know that's that's in your head (laughs) (laughs) Uh, being in like Whatever the fuck it was. What what movie? Would have been like Pirates of the Caribbean or something back when I was a kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Also, can You're we talk shit. about can we talk about Orlando Bloom for a second? So like right. this motherfucker plays Legolas, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. you mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean and like, you know, Orlando Bloom isn't in a lot of movies. And I think it's because when he got like picked for lord of the rings he was still in drama school like he hadn't even finished school and they shipped him to new zealand he did lord Mm. of the rings and then he went straight on to pirates of the caribbean i mean it's two massive movies yeah just you're talking about some of the biggest movie franchises around and you got this kid who just like slips in does a pretty good job and uh and and bob's your uncle just doesn't really need to do that many movies after that and uh man that just that blows my mind but yeah sorry that that's a mad tangent but when as soon as you said pirates of the caribbean i was like Orlando yeah. bloom you motherfucker like you came in you're an elf you're a pirate that must have been hard work but so fun i kind of missed the days of like you know being ushered content like how we were back in the days of like harry potter and um pirates of the caribbean you know it was like okay kids come this way we got wizards all right that's you done after three years of wizards now we got pirates all right sick now you get zombies you know like you just get given shit these days it's like you know 12 multi-billion viewer streamers play pal world for 20 minutes and all of a sudden (laughs) pal world is the number one video game of all time it's like there's no telling there's no telling there's no organization anymore it's just like yeah, Pal World now. Off you go. <laughs> there's there's a 
cruel being within me that wants to pick Power World I as know, our March game Ju- just yeah, because look. I want to hear you. Like, the oh. content that you'll produce would just be meteorically good. Here's the thing. I think I would enjoy Power World. Oh! <laughs> I think I'd have a good time. There's, like, automation aspects to it, you know, which tickles my little Factorio brain. And oh, sure. Yeah. There's, like, you know, collection, monster hunting, resource management, base building. These are all things I've enjoyed in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. So maybe that strays, it pushes you away from choosing it. And maybe mm. this is all a big reverse psychology effort on my behalf Mm, yeah stay tuned i'll have to i'll have to work out whether i'm being psychically controlled or if your great pain would produce (laughs) excellent content (laughs) it always does (laughs) uh what about you dude what are you what are you been playing if you know what i mean i've been playing uh a lot of escape from tarkov oh no shit like saturday i had the house to myself basically all day and all i did was play many many rounds of escape from tarkov sick um yeah i i now know one of the maps just like back to front which is sick i don't even need to have the second monitor with the screen showing me the locations of everything i can just know which is really cool um and now i want to do that for other maps where i can like you know go in and not have to think about oh oh no how do i get out of here it's just i just know where everything is which is just cool Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. i had this cool raid last night i just popped it on right before i went to bed i was like oh i got 20 minutes i'll just quickly play around Mm -hmm. Uh, i loaded into my favorite map which is the one i know back to front which is called ground zero Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) i'm like i'm like running along pretty quiet as it normally is I hear some noise coming from inside this building to my right. So I slowly head over there. Mm-hmm. I hear someone rustling in like a bag. You can tell when someone's looting something, it makes a very specific noise. Oh, okay. Um, and so I like have a little peek in there. And as I peek in, I get like fired on by some other guy, like also inside the building. I make a mad dash, go around the outside, head through the sort of like the front doorish area of the building to try and like skirt through and get a shot on one of them. Mm-hmm. And then I realize that there's, the two of them aren't just like random NPC characters. They're like fully stacked, fully leveled, mega gear duo cooperative playing together. Oh. And I'm like, I got to book it out of there. And so I run, I'm getting shot. I'm like, my my legs, are, one of my legs blacked out and one of my arms blacked out. So it's like really hard to come back from that. Um, I run around a the corner. They're like chasing me. I throw a grenade back, which I think was my saving grace. I didn't kill anyone, but as I was running away, I, I hid in this bathroom and it's sort of at, at like face value that sounds kind of boring but the bathroom door like the doors in tarkov require you to like either press open which will open the door or you can breach like if you like scroll down one to to breach which like kicks the door open mm-hmm. um and only so- certain doors can be breached successfully like if there's a lock on it it won't breach you need a key right and so i like ran around the corner there's four bathroom stalls they're all closed i pick one at random and I breach because I can't open it because it's obviously not an openable door and uh-huh. it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the door flings open and I t- spin around and close the door and I hear footsteps pacing around outside. They they obviously don't know these doors can be opened, you know, like this, this is like a relatively shit. new map. I've like managed to managed to flee these these mega chads in Tarkov. <laughs> oh my and God. Even though I, I didn't get any crazy loot or anything, I thought it was just such a fun little you know, microcosm of like oh, a little raid that I was on. Totally. That's awesome as hell. I love, uh, I love how realistic, uh, sound is in that game. Yeah. Super important. Um, you can even VoIP as well. Like you can press a button to like, you know, ch- talk through your microphone to people, though I don't know what the hotkey is and I'm too afraid to talk to most people anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Talking yes. to, to randos on the internet is, is very intimidating. It's, it's fraught with anxiety. There's also like, you know, you can play the scav character in this game, the scavenger character. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you can run into other human played scavenger characters or you know uh, people playing them mm-hmm. and there's this motion that you do if you don't want to use your microphone which is like you um peek left and peek right and peek left really fast over and over which mm-hmm. sort of like wobbles the top half of your body around and so you can tell <laughs> you can sort of like it's like a little handshake to other fellow scav players to be like don't shoot me i'm a scav as well you know <laughs> I think that's really cute you walk around do a little wiggle say hello to them <laughs> on your merry, go on your merry way. <laughs> oh, it's incredibly cute. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've also been playing a little bit of Bone Razor. Oh shit! Uh, it's very good. It's very good. I've been enjoying it. It took me a little while to get into it, but I'm in. I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what my intro was going to be. It was. It was going to be something like "Raise up your bones, minions." And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just basically an ad for Bone Razor. Yes, yes. Uh, and then I've been playing... I played a bunch of Boomerang X, our game club game for the month. Shout out. Yeah, which I enjoyed immensely, but I won't spoil with any of my final thoughts on that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. It's uh, it's it's early. You're getting, you're getting on to the game club game for February. Yeah, I feel like I've been playing a lot of games this week and a little bit of Lethal Company with you. Yeah, oh man, Lethal Company, a, a, another game where sound plays a huge role. Oh yeah, um, and we we managed to play with three people uh, oh, last yeah. night, and that was that really changed the game for me because it's like this, you know, horror game where you're looting uh, desolate moons and um you can split up and you can have walkie-talkies and you can leave someone back at the ship to direct you through the walkie-talkie and it's just it feels Mm. so simple but it's just so effective like when you get separated from the group unintentionally you feel so alone in that game yeah (laughs) instantly very scared yeah you, there's this moment when you're like hello and no one responds and you're like oh no <laughs> it's like that feeling of being a child and, and lost in the supermarket again you know mm-hmm. it's that it's mm-hmm. that feeling distilled but that <laughs> made real as an adult <laughs> that's a great analogy it's exactly yeah. like that <laughs> um yeah so that's what i've been playing oh, i've also been playing squash have i told you this squash as in the real life sport squash the real life sport yes, no get out squash. of here we don't do real world activities <laughs> we're just just plug us into the matrix already yeah 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 Me, wow. my square eyes um yes yeah, <laughs> squash is a fun game no shit i kind of wish that i'd started playing squash earlier because it's like i don't know it's um it's just so ripe for like trick shots and doing weird wacky plays and mm. it's very like it's like it's very similar to tennis obviously it's like a racquetball sport um like yeah. 1v1 yeah um have you played squash i've never played squash but i've got some mm. close friends that play it on the rig mm. um and yeah it sounds it sounds really fun yeah it's it's i mean it's a at first it's the kind of sport that appears like hitting a little ball really hard against a wall over and over again Mm. um which does also sound appealing to me (laughs) yeah i was about to say that sounds good (laughs) yes it is great it's good for that aspect uh but also it's a game about like standing in the right place at the right time and knowing how to move you know like Mm. the sort of hitting part is like pretty secondary once you realize that like most of the time you lose because you're nowhere near the ball, not because you didn't hit the tiny ball hard enough. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's so, that's unfortunately where the fun is, to, to yes. hit the ball as hard as you possibly can, even though strategically it, it is not going to work out in your favour. Yes. I mean, look, there is certainly an, an element of if you can hit the ball super-duper hard, you can have a, a bit of an edge against someone who doesn't hit it as hard, but mm-hmm. it's... If they're standing in the right spot, uh, they'll be they'll be fine. Well, uh, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you're getting into squash because uh, you know what you need to rejuvenate after a game of squash. Uh, freshly fried chicken. That is correct. You need some protein. <laughs> so uh, weird. I actually went out for chicken after squash the other day. <laughs> oh god, no! The all coming around. <laughs> uh, I got some news for you. You ready? Hell yeah, I'm ready as hell. 
Okay, so there is a new Indiana Jones game in development. It's called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which is a horrible, horrible name. <laughs> I mean... Almost as bad as the Dial of Destiny, but not, <laughs> not, it's not quite on that level. It's pretty bad, though. Oh, man. The Great Circle? God, you know, yeah. Lethal Company, that's a bad name. Bone Razor Minions? That's not a great name. Boomerang X? Not a great name. I like that name. (laughs) You like that name? Yeah, you like Boomerang Boomerang X. Boomerang Z. Boomerang (laughs) Killzone. No, no, no. You pushed it too far. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yes. uh, We've got a trailer. Um, It's being developed by Machine Games, which is the Wolfenstein crew. Ooh, okay. I wonder... Man, I really loved wolfenstein 2 that's kind of yeah a bit a bit sad that they might not be they not, might not be going to wolfenstein 3 but uh yeah yeah i'm right. sure um they and it's being published by bethesda which i think the wolfenstein games are also published by bethesda is that right i don't, I don't know yeah. i'm just throwing it out there yep. yeah yeah no that's up um indiana or indy is being voiced by uh troy baker but he's doing his best Indiana Jones impression, and it sucks. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, I kind, I kind of hate it. I don't know. It just, it's just doing the like, it's just that sort of mumbly, you know, indie thing that he's doing. But he's also Troy Baker, so he's got like a super low bassy like front end to a lot of his phrasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, it's. Uh, I think it sucks, and the, I think the like a lot of the face animation and mocap stuff is kind of wacky. Like just based on the trailer. I mean, trailer's nothing to really. It's never represented the, the final product, but it's just a little sure. bit like, man, I kind of miss the like over the top um, uh, Wolfenstein character stuff. This one mm. feels a little bit more realistic and, and trying to be more grounded and like obviously using a lot of reference of how Indy would like pull certain faces. And yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it feels less like they're doing their own thing and more like they're just like, here's the source material again. Yeah. You feel yeah, me? I feel yeah, yeah. I, I, d- I can't imagine like what kind of vibe are they going for? Like, is this an uncharted thing they want to do? Oh yes. Okay, so it's a first-person shooter, but there are third-person aspects to it, and it looks it looks and seems to play quite similar to the Wolfenstein games, except you got a whip. Oh, uh, oh shit. So. Okay, now that sounds good. I mean, if it's got that like crispy, fast movement, oh, that's my. Dogs, Ellie. Being very sad. Uh, oh. but, but it's... <laughs> oh, Phoebe just left to go to a gig and she's, oh, she's mourning it's... the loss of, of someone she sees 24-7. Yes, yes. Um, Must be so hard. <laughs> but yeah, if they've got that like crispy fast movement of Wolfenstein plus a whip, mm. I mean, that could be fucking sick. But that type of movement really lends itself to the absurdity of wolfenstein yeah like i i mean if they go absurd with with indie that could be really fun but i don't know my my heart tells me that they're gonna rein it in a bit and go for a more realistic take yeah yes um I, I'm, I'm keen to see what they do with it you know i, I i'm ready to be pleasantly surprised when it comes out uh, right. but for now i'm out yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next piece of news: uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth came out, uh, and now I really want to play the original Like a Dragon, which I was really enjoying before I left it to play something else. Right. Um, it it looks super good. Uh, but <laughs> that said, uh, Sega has opted to uh, lock New Game Plus behind a paywall. Uh, with being the deluxe edition of the game. So Ugh. if you want to pay whatever it is, 130, 140 bucks, Jesus. you can play the, adver- uh, sorry, the, the deluxe, oh wait, no, the ultimate edition. No, there's, okay, so there's three editions. We got, <laughs> we got, isn't that crazy? There's three editions. Standard edition, which is just the base game, everything included, except for uh, New Game Plus, Outfits, special summon, resort guests, and more, it says. Bro. So they're putting New Game Plus behind the Deluxe Edition. Then there's an Ultimate Edition. I have no idea how much that one costs for your firstborn son. Uh, explore <laughs> bonus dungeons, customize your party look with outfit, outfits and swimwear, legendary Sujimon, uh, which I, I think Sujimon are like the 
Pokemon characters that you get to have in this game that are basically perverts that you get to train and battle. Um, <laughs> increase your in-game playlist with classic karaoke tracks. So more music, which is busted. Anyway. I mean, ugh, yeah, this is, this is one of those times where you just wait a year for, for all yeah. of that shit to become the same version and it'll be on Game Pass. Like... Oh, I, true. Yeah. yeah. Like all the Yakuza's go to Game Pass eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a pity because these, these games are often fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was uh, I was looking for a Mahjong game for the Steam Deck and I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I'll just buy Yakuza 0 and only use it for <laughs> 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 Oh, look, I... I think I've had my energy being mad that if you want to do that, go right ahead. Be my guest. I you have my blessings. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an antagonist. I just. I've played a lot of mahjong since then, and it's honestly the best version I've played. Like it's. It's really straightforward. There's. There's no. You know. It's really hard to play a mahjong game without those like big bulging anime titties in your face, and I'm just <laughs> I'm not I'm not here for that. I'm I'm here for the mahjong, yeah. and uh, Yakuza Zero understands that need. Yeah, I, you're just in like a a regular little underground casino in Yakuza, right? Like you're not even in oh, a big it, casino. Oh no, there's like three tables of mahjong players, and and that's yeah. it. And you just you just hear like the background chatter, and yeah, when you're sitting yeah. at the table, they talk to each other. They're like, who's ordering food? And then you've also got that fantastic um, voice actor. Who, who voices the main character, you know, saying things when you get a really good hand. And it's, it's yeah. just, it's the ultimate Mahjong experience. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, if I got to wait a year, I may as well spend that year playing. <laughs> like the yeah, 100%. Which I was really enjoying. Uh, anyway, final piece of news. Hell yeah. Uh, we've got an update on Bloodborne Cart. Do you remember me mentioning Bloodborne Cart? I totally do, and I just realised because I've got like a pseudo PC. Is that is that a thing? Can I play Bloodborne Cart? Oh my god! Well, this this could be huge. Sort of. This is the news. Uh, oh for no! That. Oh uh, no! <laughs> apparently, it's being quote unquote scrubbed of all Bloodborne branding after Sony contacted the developer and intervened. Uh, the tweet here which I got from a uh, Kotaku article by Emily Spindler, reads, Welp, it happened. Sony contacted me. Long story short, I need to scrub the branding off off of what was previously known as Bloodborne Cart, which we will do, but that requires a short delay. Don't worry, the game is still coming out. It'll just look slightly different. So it was slated for Jan 29, but now it's probably been pushed back a couple of months. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. I I mean, that was always going to happen, right? They didn't think they were actually going to make money off of Bloodborne Cart without Sony's blessing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Um, <laughs> gestures in the to the horizon where the PAL world, <laughs> world is coming to consume everything. Um, yeah, that's all the news I got for you. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I got an extra wing. This ain't no bag shit. Um, this was from last week, but we were, we were running uh, overtime. Uh, for whatever reason, so so we've just uh, rolled that data over to this week. Okay. Uh, Epic Games will be paying Apple over seventy three million dollars in legal costs. So we talked about this way back when. Um, this is this has basically come about because in twenty twenty, uh, Epic released their own payment system on Apple devices. And uh, this is a big oh. no-no. You know, like when you, uh, I mean, Google Play Store or the or the um, iPhone App Store or whatever, you you download an app and it's got like in-store purchases as a as a little like tick there or whatever, and thirty percent th- of those purchases go to the store, um, which right. which in this case was Apple. But when Epic did it, they were just like, no, nah, this is our own store, and it's like bypassing, um, you know, that that Apple. Uh, percentage grab and yeah. uh y- yeah like they just they just did that 
you know, and Apple was yeah. like, what the fuck? That's, that's not happening. And so, uh, yeah, this court case has been going on for nearly four years wow. and the Supreme Court just would not give them the time of day, just refused to hear them out. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just kind of ended up fizzling in, in a court system below Supreme. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all she wrote. Uh, Epic Games is, is paying that shit back. And yeah, I guess they'll have to, um, I'm, I'm not sure if Fortnite has been off like iPhones. I, yeah. I can't believe that it, it would have been. So they must've just like you know, it must have been this way for a short period of time and then they, yeah. they changed it to, to pay Apple that 30%. But, uh, yeah, I, d- I just thought we'd uh, close the ribbon on that because we, we did mention it maybe a year ago or so. I'm I'm not 100 on this, but I'm fairly sure that uh, Fortnite has not been on mobile for the longest time. Really? Right. Oh, there you go. But, again, not 100 there's probably some Fortnite playing iPad baby out there screaming at the podcast right now. <laughs> Fortnite playing iPad baby. Oh my god! You know, it's I, I I have been thinking about that a little bit, and I I oh I, yeah oh man, you got it. I'm I'm trying to just maintain that awareness because that's that's the worst. You know, like that's the the curse of the boomer is to lose that awareness when you're like. Back in my day, you know, yeah, we, we yeah, had yeah. to work in the field to afford mm-hmm. a Game Boy Color. But I was playing the Steam Deck and I was just like, fucking hell, if you're a kid and you had this thing, like, this is this is the pinnacle. Like, hopefully it will get more powerful in the next decade, but this is it. This is the form factor, you know, something you can hold in your hot little hands with an OLED screen, can play, like, hundred million games or whatever <laughs> yeah like that and and it can run all the emulators for like the old yes. inaccessible games you know on nes and and super nintendo and it's just like this is this is insane like it just used to be so expensive and because video games weren't in the zeitgeist in the early 90s it was just like so hard to get parents on board and i feel mm. like if I were a parent and I had a 12 year old, I'd be like, Bessie, buckle up those seatbelts because you're getting a Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, look, I, I cast no judgment uh, at those iPad babies. Um, yeah, all the parents that decide to bestow upon their iPad, their babies such iPads, uh, I simply just quietly think to myself, uh, I wonder how they will turn out. <laughs> <laughs> I no, mean, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> just I, not full of shit. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I can't imagine being able to pull it off. I can't imagine having kids and not succumbing to, to giving yeah. them an iPad and a mobile phone and all that kind of thing. Like, it just seems impossible, right? Like, yeah. it's so hard to keep children entertained and all, like, not all their friends, but maybe some or most of their friends have access to that shit and they talk about how yeah. good it is. And yeah, when yeah. you're a kid and your friend has stuff and you want that stuff, like, oh, my God, yeah. as a parent, that must just be excruciating. Yeah, look, I can barely withstand my cat meowing at me for 20 minutes, <laughs> a, a child's onslaught of can we please have a Steam Deck, you know, for four months or whatever. I'll probably lose my I'll crack. I'll crack under that pressure. <laughs> crack under those uh, Steam Deck requests. That's right. Uh, speaking of parents, my mum has sent us an email. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Is this the kind of thing we can read out? Did she send us dark secrets about your childhood? No, no. It's a very brief email, which I thought I'd just quit getting quickly before you jump on the topic. Uh, Hell it yeah. says, hi, Joe and Daz. I'm sending the prerequisite uh, email to go into the draw to win the art prize you guys will create during your 100th episode. Hell I yeah. can't wait to see the result of your combined creative powers will produce. Uh, I'm promised to uh, sorry. I promise to mention your podcast in my speech at my son's wedding if you let me win. <laughs> Warmest <laughs> regards to you both, Megan XX. Oh, Megan, fucking legendary! I was gonna, I was gonna call you M, but since you signed oh, off yeah. on your own name, we're yeah, we're throwing it out there. Fine. I think it's fine. 
Um, um, great email. Yeah. And I really, I really love that you've not forgotten how to blackmail your son. That's really, that's really <laughs> yeah. important skill not as a parent. Forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay. Episode time. What do you got for me, Dan? <laughs> Episode time. Okay. We've got, <laughs> we've got, we a, start we've got a new, yeah, yeah. We've got a new speaking of it's, uh, mm, episode, time. episode time. Now yep. the topic is beginning. Um, look, this is, this, this is kind of a must, right? Like we're, we're nearly a hundred episodes in and we, we didn't have an episode on platformers. I... I did a big old scroll and I couldn't yeah. find one. And so, yeah, I feel like we, we gotta, we gotta come on here and we gotta talk about uh, platformers for a little bit. So right. as, as usual, I got a couple of thesis statements just, just around platformers. So like what makes a good platformer? We'll, we'll get into the, into the weeds on that towards the end. And uh, another kind of question I have is are collectathons the only way to motivate a player to jump? Because when I think about all of my favorite platformers, uh, many of them have a, a huge collectathon aspect. Um, sometimes it's it's more more graceful, like uh, you know Celeste, for example. Uh, the Motivation is just the progression through the level itself. Every mm. strawberry that you have an option to collect is, is, yeah, it's optional. So, like, it's not, you know, the driving force behind getting you to, to jump around. Although, for me personally, I, I, I do not have the willpower to walk past a strawberry. I go out of my way to hunt them down. Yeah. That's um, a good question. Motivation to jump. Wow. <laughs> um so i mean yeah just i'm, I'm just gonna throw out just a couple of my favorites uh i mean the mario games 64 odyssey galaxy 2 spring to mind as, as the most epic uh kind of mario platformers which which mm. are of course uh collectathons by nature you are going after those stars and then going after those coins and blah 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 uh, Super Meat Boy, of course, mm, um, which, which, which plays like, I mean, you know, that's like the meta platformer, right? Because I think Celeste is maybe the only platformer I've played that has story motivations beyond uh, big bad guy stole my girlfriend. Um, and I think Super Meat Boy does a, a pretty good um kind of spin on that where you, your girlfriend gets stolen immediately in like a five second cutscene, and then you're playing yeah yeah um got banjo oh i guess the big bad steals your sister in banjo yeah. huge twist there um and of course the 2d donkey kongs i think mm, are, mm. are just exceptionally good platformers but also big on the collectathon front you know they got bananas they got uh they got those golden animals they got yeah. uh, they got the letters kong you gotta find kong in the level get kong. Um, gotta get kong and so yeah i think i think for the most part um all of them are about like having someone you love taken from you and then you got to co collect a bunch of shit to get them back <laughs> yeah. that's like if we if we boil uh, down what a platformer is that's uh... that's just life man that's just life <laughs> yeah you know like uh, you get broken up with by your girlfriend and then all you can do is go to the gym and collect a bunch of gains that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can do god um so yeah really platformers are a parallel to life that's uh that's the conclusion we're coming to um no but for real i think i think celeste is is i mean i i want to believe that there's more and i just haven't played them but for me celeste is the only one that actually had like a story motivation yeah, um, yeah. you know it's got it's got a story about uh being over 30 and managing anxiety and and um meeting new people and all this kind of stuff and and it was really cool that that was in a platforming game i'm not sure yeah. i've i've really emotionally connected with any kind of platformer before that 
Yeah, I mean, despite Mario being the face of platformers, basically, he mm. uh, has never made me feel a single thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Totally. Totally. And I have consciously left out 2D Mario games because I got to say, I just don't like the the heavy floatiness of, of 2D Mario games. I, That's uh, fair. Yeah. And, it you know, I had a Super Nintendo with Super Mario 3 in that, um, you know, in that big, that big mega bundle game that had like Mario 1, 2 and 3 on it. Yeah. Um, and I, lo- I remember loving 3, but I, I tried 3. I think we tried 3 when we lived together ages ago mm. and, you know, we played the first world or two. But, I mean, you compare that to the 2D Donkey Kong games, like those Donkey Kong games are a million times better. They do slap, though they are really hard. Mm, I think I think maybe that's part of the attraction. The movement is a little mm. bit better and the levels are more creative, you know? There's no there's no mushroom kingdom holding back Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh I mean that's obviously a joke. We we just had Mario Wonder come out, which you liked quite a bit, and they're in the Flower Kingdom or some shit. Yeah, they're in the Flower Kingdom. For all intents and purposes, it may as well be the flower, the uh, Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like it kind of does a similar thing to what Galaxy does. It's like, here's a fresh idea, end of the level. Here's another fresh idea, end of the level. And then it twists it with the Wonder Seeds, which like could push that new fresh idea to an uh, extreme mm. uh, or, or does a random thing, um, mm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that, that game is is really appealing, despite my general dislike for the 2D Marios. Um, and speaking of general dislike, I just realised, you know, there are there are some pretty big Nintendo games last year. That new Zelda, Mario Wonder. Uh, Nintendo didn't even get an honourable mention from us in our top five episodes. Jesus, yeah. That's wild. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I remember realizing after the fact that I didn't talk about uh, Mario Wonder, which probably could have got an honorable mensch, and also I didn't talk about a game called Vember, which really could have made my top top ten. Oh no, shit! Which is the uh, Indian cooking game? That's right. Yeah, mm, I really yeah. love that game. Games that make me feel things. That game made me feel so many things. Mm, I've got that on my list. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's, it sounded like it, it kind of sounded perfect. Honestly, if you're in the mood for it, just a short yeah. kind of cooking, emotional, mm, sounds good. Yeah. Yes, I did enjoy it. <laughs> um, so pivoting back to platformers, I did that undeniably amazing episode on movement a while back. And, uh, <laughs> yes. I, think, <laughs> I think movement is king in a platformer. And uh, that that uh, goes back to like my dislike to 2D Mario's, I think you know in about five seconds whether you like a platformer or not. Um, and it feels weird to me because this is a very subjective thing, right? Movement in a platformer. Um, but to me, it feels like really simple. Like when I pick up Super Meat Boy, I'm like, oh yeah, this is how you should move in a platformer. Like this is perfect. It's got momentum you've got acceleration but like you're very small and you can jump really high and you've you've got that like mid-air trajectory you know that ability to change mid-air trajectory really kind of quickly on the fly and uh, Mm. yes it's just it's kind of perfect movement and uh i think for the most part, my favorite platformers have that. So like mm-hmm. Celeste, Super Mario 64, I think the movement is is just perfect. You know, it's really responsive. And uh, while I appreciate some games that play with movement, like, uh, I mean, going back to Donkey Kong, they've got a couple of different characters, right? Especially in, I think, Donkey Kong Country 3 and... Is it is it Dixie? Dixie Kong's Quest, Donkey Kong Country 3? Uh yes. Yeah, and so you've got Dixie Kong and and she's way lighter than Donkey Kong and uh you know she has a different double jump. She's got that like hair spinny float thing going on. And it's cool to to have that, but uh and and the the levels are designed around that type of movement, so that's all well and good, but when I pick up Celeste or Super Meat Boy, I'm just like 
fuck, this is, this is where it's at. Like you don't need to learn to change your behavior. If that makes sense. Like you just Mm. pick up a controller and it's really responsive and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I know exactly how this works. If I am unable to complete a level, it's just going to be because of my skill. It's not going to be because I'm like working around the controls. I get you. Dude, I'm, I'm so keen to hear what you think based on all that stuff you just said about movement, about Boomerang X. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm uh, I'm pretty keen. I'm pretty keen. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just holding out for a little bit longer to see if there will be a sale. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All because good, all good. now that I'm on Steam, I mean, I've, I've added maybe 20 games to my wish list. And mm-hmm. like every day I get an email from Steam saying like this yeah, game something's is on sale. 60% off. I'm like, fuck, no wonder that, uh, you know, that meme about like buying games and not play them is legit. Cause if you, if yeah. you had the cash and you were just buying things, buying things when you, when they came on sale, you just have hundreds of games in no time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been many a Steam summer sale and it's like, oh, all of these games are like $5 and you're just like, right. oh, I guess I'll spend 30 bucks and pick up a million. Know, a bunch of games all right yeah i'm done and then i never played them <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, that's funny um all right so i want to give you a brief history here uh i i think it, it's pretty well known that uh that donkey kong arcade game is considered to be the first platformer um but this is where we do the classic it's all almost the weekend. Well, actually, oh. uh, it was Space Panic one year before. So we got Space Panic in 1980, that uh, that classic Donkey Kong arcade game in 1981. And, Space um, Panic. Yeah, so Space Panic uh, had a very similar screen. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. L- ladders and girders and... In, in Space Panic, you were climbing ladders and digging holes to avoid enemies, but you mm. weren't jumping. Oh. Yeah. So, so this, this is where, like, the whole uh, platforming thing kind of comes into play a little bit. So, like, when Donkey Kong came out, and, I mean, isn't it just, like, a marvel that the first true protagonist of the platformer was named Jumpman? I mean... <laughs> that's more generic than bad fiction it's it's like really jump man anyway yeah. uh <laughs> miyamoto used to call platformers athletic games like that was that was what he coined them when he was in the office athletic you know? games i love that yeah yeah designing fucking jump man and all that kind of shit and uh yeah so i i think space panic deserves a shout out because it's just like so close it's it's mm. got all the DNA that Donkey Kong had, but you just add that jump button and all of a sudden it's a multi-billion dollar genre. So um, here's a question. Do you mm. need a jump to be able to be qualified as a platformer? I mean, look, I'm just spitballing here, but if you if you can't jump on platforms, what are you? You're not a platformer. <laughs> you're, a, you're, a, you're a crawler. You crawl around. You're a crawler. What if, can you jump in down well? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can jump. I was like dreaming up a game in my mind and I was like, what about a platformer where you cannot jump and all you can do is fall and bounce off things or mm. you know, drop through things? That's mm. an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, down well, that, uh, oh, fuck, is it, is it quick man stage in Mega Man 3? Oh, yes, yes. You useful. fall down the funnel to, and avoid the lasers. Um, there's also the, the final level in, um, Cosmos Cosmic Adventure where you fall oh. down a funnel and you need to avoid spikes, man. This is like some slum dog millionaire shit that you've just brought out in me where you've got a platform where you go, where you can only go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only down. Surely that's a game. Only down. A game called, wasn't there a game called only up? So <laughs> only down sounds interesting. Anyway, that's my brain doing its thing. Continue, sorry. No, no. I mean, look, if we're speaking of Miyamoto, we gotta we gotta talk about the goat, right? We got we got the best selling game from nineteen ninety five to two thousand and two. This is 
the best-selling Nintendo 64 game of all time. It was made by a team of 15 to 20 people. Jesus. It was simultaneously developed alongside Zelda Ocarina of Time. Oh, my God. Jay, what's the name of this game? Mario, Mario 64. Oh, I mean, we still pit platformers against this game. Every yeah. every time I... Even, even stuff like Sekiro... When I play a 3D game where I move around and I jump and I control the camera, I think of Mario 64. I'm like, you know, the the first game to do this is one of the best. And that yeah. that, that blows my mind because video games are pretty good at improving things. Um, yeah. Like, the, the, like if, if I look at, at, at my top 10 real quick without a lot of thought, a lot of those games are very new. Like, a lot of mm. those games are in the last 10 years, um, potentially all of them. And it's just, like, to have this greatest of all time game from, like, 1996, and it's still one of the best platformers of all time, that's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, What what's crazy to me is, like, after that game came out and a bunch of people had played it and people were talking about video games a bit more, mm. I seem to have this like core memory. I don't, I don't know where to attribute it to, but people asking when you play a new game, what's the jump button? And that feels like a real Tim Rogers esque thing that he could like recount every memory in his life <laughs> of someone asking him, what's the jump button. But that's you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah i think i think mario 64 is maybe pretty responsible for that question being on people's lips when they pick up a controller mm. how do i jump mm. uh, it's kind of that's kind of crazy when you think about it like that <laughs> but the, the the like the way that game and you know other games like the other mario games put jumping into everyone's mind when it came to video games yeah is <laughs> nuts dude dude that i mean cross off your bingo cards because that's a Ooh. that's a brand new topic right there the jump button bro yeah that that is a deep wormhole no doubt God damn, terrifying wormhole. Imagine the <laughs> research on that bad boy. <laughs> the jump button. Yeah, no, that definitely needs a six hour Tim Rogers video. We don't we don't have the budget oh, for that on this podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm not qualified to I don't <laughs> I don't have the video game library to, to that <laughs> yeah. topic. Yeah. Um and I, I got a, a little tidbit about uh Mario sixty four con concerning the development of the game and I, I, I don't know uh how misogynistic this is but i'm throwing it out there okay. so some details were inspired by the developers personal lives apparently right. um and and this is miyamoto who recounts this um and so and and this might be general knowledge i don't know but this was new for me uh so the booze are based on assistant director takashi tezuka's wife uh, who is very quiet normally, but one day she exploded, maddened by all the time Tezuka spent at work. Oh. And, and uh, I just, I mean, I, I don't know if that's just some weird story that Miyamoto felt like he needed to tell in an interview, but if if that's the case, I mean, obviously Japanese working conditions in the 90s were, were super full-on and intense, but if Miyamoto could really take a life experience like that and translate it to the boo mechanic, uh, like, that is incredible. Wait, wait, wait. So the boo, the boo is the ghost who, when you're looking at it, closes its eyes and shrinks away, but when you turn away, it sort of becomes opaque and moves towards you right correct yeah okay cool and that was yeah. based around someone's wife who exploded at their husband it's apparently at some point yeah i don't i don't think she exploded at her husband i think she just right. like came into the office and was like what the fuck like he's working 80 hours a week what are you doing <laughs> right <laughs> and and from my digging i i did see that the working conditions were, were pretty hardcore Right. Um, in that Nintendo's office in the 90s. I mean, imagine 
if, if you, you know, you're a team of 15 to 20 and I, I don't know the background for Zelda Ocarina of Time, but M- Miyamoto is like directing both of these games, um, which would just go on to like change, change the game, baby. Uh, mm. And yeah, I, I can't imagine how fucked working conditions would have been. So I'm I'm definitely on uh, Tezuka's wife's side here. But yeah. <laughs> at, at the same time, if this is true, that's just like a really interesting tidbit. And like it, it reflects what I see in movie making a lot where you watch a movie and it's like the attention to detail is just incredible. And you're like, fuck imagine the planning that went into a project like this and then you like watch interviews or watch behind the scenes and they're like there's all this slapstick shit that happens at the time and they just decide to put it in the movie and i'm just like oh this is this might be one of the first instances i've seen where where that's happened for a video game yeah right interesting yeah 15 and 20 people is is nuts though for those two games simultaneous bruh bruh um all right so as a as a as a final thing maybe maybe slightly before um we we talk about what makes a good platform a spoilers it's movement um <laughs> i've got the 10 best selling platformer franchises and right. uh there are going to be some really obvious picks um but there there are some not so obvious picks so i'm going to uh to spin this on its head a little what number in this top 10 do you think kirby comes in at oh god um i'm gonna put kirby right bang in the middle number five spot on spot the fuck on joe it is number five what uh what number does spyro the dragon come in on Oh, I think Spyro is going to be high, despite the fact it is a bad platformer. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be four. Wow. Big, uh, big backing behind Spyro. Spyro is ninth. Oh, fuck. Okay, that's, better. that's better than I thought it would be. Well-deserved. Put it at yeah. the back. No, this, um, this, this list is grounded for sure. Okay. Good to um, know. Good to know. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one more. Hit here. Uh, let's go for Rayman. Which one? The original? Well, it's a it's the franchise. Oh, the franchise. Okay. Um, I think Fram. Oh man, that's hard. As far as platformers go, man, I'm gonna put him number three, which number is crazy. Three. Yeah, no, <laughs> Ray- Rayman comes in at number eight. Okay. Um, let me let me give you that list. So okay, hit uh, me. We got Super Mario, um, at at thirty eight seven million. Uh, sorry, that was a weird way to say three hundred eighty seven million. Um, we got Sonic at number two, really Crazy. not far behind Mario with three hundred and sixty million. Um, and they're the two titans. Then it really drops off. So after Sonic coming in at number three is Donkey Kong with eighty two million. Crash Bandicoot at fifty million, wow. and I think that's a pretty big achievement. Yeah, uh, that's you very know this this uh, this list is dominated by Nintendo, and to have Crash Bandicoot so high up, uh, yeah, that's that's an achievement for sure. Uh, we of course have Kirby at number five with forty one million. Then we then we go on to uh, yeah the the lesser known platformers but obviously still very well known in the realm of video games uh we got mega man at number six yep 36 million we got yoshi as number seven interesting that that yoshi is is separate from uh from super mario in this context i guess it's like yoshi's Yoshi's island was pretty popular Uh, yeah very popular i hear i hear that often compared uh, next to Super Mario 3 as the, yeah. like, 2D platformer goat. Yep, yep. Uh, Rayman coming in at 8th, Spyro the Dragon at ninth, and rounding things out, we've got Metroid at, oh. uh, yeah, at 
10th and yeah i think uh this list is pushing things to to fit metroid as a franchise into platformer but yeah i, I suppose it's a it's 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 a thing I think it, Sonic is pushing it as a platformer, to be honest. <laughs> it's I crazy mean, to me Sonic is number two. Yeah, yeah. It's mean, pretty amazing. It's pretty, uh, like, I guess Sega was successful because, you know, that's, like, the only reason they uh, they they came up with Sonic, right? They were like, yeah. we got, we got to have an icon against Mario and it's going to be this fucking stupid blue weasel. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't see how Sonic was successful. I guess it all comes down... I mean, we we done a whole episode on it, but it kind of mm. comes down to that he's such an appealing design. You know, he's got that, yeah. like, 90s, you know, what was it, bad boy nostalgia, instant nostalgia fuel thing going for him, which is, uh, which is maybe more powerful than I'm giving it credit for. But I just never really thought, like, those Sonic games played particularly well compared to a lot of the other games on that list. Mm, I think I think some of it comes down to how much kids love and hate things, you know? Right. Like, I feel like kids are really divisive. They can't just like one thing. They've got to like one thing and hate the thing, that, that like, the other thing that is competing against it. Right, right. Um, and, like, when you're six and, and you're playing Sonic, it, it is quite different to Mario. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I I think there's a lot less skill required to play those early Sonic games than the Mario games. You know, you've got to be really, like, on the ball and patient with Mario sometimes. But with Sonic, you can just, like, blast through a level and, you know, not absorb any visual animation and still complete the level. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels off to be number two, but I mean that's the stat. So there you go. That's the stat, baby. Um, and and so yeah, after all this, and 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 just to uh, pop things off, we're coming to the end of episode time. Uh, what do you think makes a good platform? Uh, when the little little guy uh, within us jumps for joy, <laughs> that's what makes a good platform. <laughs> I think that's an excellent answer, uh, akin to your <laughs> fucking Totoro answer at the end of the narrative <laughs> episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking good. It's, it's indisputable. When, when yes, you said everyone yes. should see Totoro, I can't. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it's, it's frustratingly true. <laughs> Um, Kale, yeah. Well, yeah, for me, I think it's just the movement. And I think the best judge of, of whether a platformer is good is is you when you pick up the controller and you like the movement or you don't like it. Um, and I think in general, when you've got a platformer that feels crisp and responsive, that's when uh, that's when you got a hit on your hands, baby. Yeah. I mean, okay, so for me, um, I mean, great write-up. For me, it's weird that like platformers as a genre kind of still exists and people still make them because mm -hmm. it's like platforming ing is like kind of a feature in a lot of games. You know, it's, it's like it's Titanfall 2 is like, you know, it it's a shooting game, but it has great movement and the plat you can platform in it. You know, you jump on stuff, you slide off other stuff, you get on the zip lines. Like the finals is kind of a platformer, but it's like a destruction based online multiplayer shooter game. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of games that feature platforming just acro across the board, you know, like even boomerang X, you could call a platformer, but it's mm -hmm. got like shooty style elements in it. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much anything where you can jump, <laughs> but right. it also has other stuff in it, has like pulls on plat being a, a platformer. Um, I remember like when we were working um, on the game earlier on, like when I first started, we were looking at having like platforming elements in the game, but it was quite hard because it's like, if you do have platform platforming elements in the game, you kind of have to have like a minimum standard you can't just be like, oh, we've got platforming. It's like, no, no, you can't. You, you actually need to like 
make it good <laughs> mm. otherwise it's like it is a big detractor totally and so yeah it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna do a platformer you know like a game that is just about jumping mm. um these days then you gotta kind of have something pretty special going on i reckon mm. uh, need to like that's i think that's why celeste kind of stands out and as you mentioned it is like memorable because it's not just about jumping there's like a whole story there for you to get into so yeah. it doesn't have to be just gameplay extra it can be can be something else mm. extra but very few times i feel like have we seen you know like a meat boy repeat because meat boy meat boy still feels kind of old in my mind compared to like modern platforms which i can't even think of any yeah well we got um a hat in time which yeah. apparently is quite good we've got uh ukulele which apparently sucks uh, but y yeah, be beyond Nintendo and, and the, the indies that really nail it, like Celeste, it, you're right. It is weird that we still have like a genre dedicated to this feature that appears in most other games. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the sole purpose of those games. So, you mm. know, there's one called Gunbrella, which I've had my eye on for a while. It's a developer published game that looks really cool. With its, with Gunbrella. Its now that's yeah. a good name. You know, when you're when you're out here and you're designing your game and you land on Lethal Company, roll that roll that die again because <laughs> yeah. Gunbrella is is gonna stick in people's heads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hollow Knight is another one that has like a, quite a heavy reliance on solid platforming. Mm -hmm. Dead Cells as well. You know, these are games you mm -hmm. love, the great mm -hmm. movement, but also mm -hmm. could be considered platformers. Mm, um, totally. Yeah. So it's a juicy one. It's a juicy one. Well done on, uh, you know, dishing it as heartily as you could into my open gob. Yeah. Look, we, we extricated as much juice as we could in the allotted time. Yep. Yep. Nice. Love to see it. That's what this pod's all about. Hell yeah. Uh, you want to close us out, <laughs> big boy? <laughs> who, me? Isn't it your turn? No. Oh, or does the person who does the intro, the person who does the outro... Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm really enjoying the fact that I'm getting you to close out a lot of podcasts recently. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, I got it. Hang on. I got it. I got it. Here we you've, go. You, okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for raising your bones with us this evening. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Music, 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 music. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's horrible.